And now, HG World presents The Gujis, the final chapter. Hey, let me play you this tape, kid. Listen to the eaters speak for themselves. This is Balamani Saraswati. I am recording this from the Makwevri location site formerly run by the United Nations Medical Research Expedition. It is currently occupied by the Reformed Brotherhood, which has locked all current research in its laboratory. I am currently unable to access the laboratory or its computers. Mifflin's card does not work. They must have locked him out. In the event I do not survive, I am uploading this audio to the UNNDD Information Cloud, in addition to the FEMA and American Homeland Security Centers. Please, find a copy of the map I am using to navigate the main building in the Magway facility, along with video and photographic evidence of what I witnessed. Be aware that some of the Negro ambulance have demonstrated the ability to use speech, to think creatively and understand complex concepts and ideas. They behave like irrational or intoxicated human beings. In addition to their need to consume living human flesh, these new subjects are attempting to keep their prey alive for longer periods, perhaps to make up for the dwindling food sources. Depending on the state of decomposition, these advanced cases are able to move quickly, run, and jump. I have only seen six of them here at the site among hundreds of what we would call typical necroambulance. I've documented all I know about these advanced cases in a folder marked Phase 4 Necroambulation. It appears the smarter subjects have placed Phase 2 and 3 necroambulance intentionally around the facility as guards. Lurkers will raise an alarm that attracts others within range of its moans. I've been able to avoid tripping the alarm so far, but as I examine the map, I can only imagine there are six potential guard positions between me and the main laboratory. I've attempted to avoid olfactory detection by using the scent mask developed by Dr. Hawkins. So far, I've been able to move within 10 feet of an active phase 3 eater without any sign that my presence was detected. However, I am perspiring, and I am nearly out of masking solution. I will update you as the situation changes, or when I reach the main laboratory. This is Balamani Saraswati. What is that from? That's direct from Barbara's library. Running thinking eaters, that's... Ridiculous, right? Running zombies. How stupid can you be? We've all been taught that they're slow because of rigor and dumb, and because their brains are all mostly dead. But that's not entirely true. Imagine if you took a hundred random people and put them on a Navy destroyer. By trial and error, you try to learn to sail it. You might run it aground or blow something up. But say that destroyer runs into another ship and some of your better sailors jump over and, uh, I don't know, somehow, somehow give birth to a new generation of sailors in a few months. Just, just stay with me, kid. And they know what their parents know. Everybody keeps learning and sharing what they've learned. They jump ships, and each time they do, there's a chance that the best of that colony will move on and reproduce. Imagine, then, 50 or 100 generations of learning how the human body works. 
They learned how to infect our bodies. They learned how to take over our motor functions and preserve our dead senses. Eventually, they learned how to keep the brain talking to the body and moving on its own. Took over the speech centers and kapow. I assume you have proof. I have proof that reasonable people would accept. But once the powers get a hold of it, you'll look like a flat earther or a moon landing denier. But Balamani, Barbara, poor girl, she at least had the sense to hit record on her media device. I always wondered why no one ever mentions this in the archive. Balamani Sarasvati, one of the biggest heroes of the zombie war, and she's a footnote in a textbook. Don't believe me, I'll give you the files. Heck, I'll give you the whole library. Just keep listening. There's no need to sneak into the laboratory, my dear. Your perfume is cheap. Unworthy of such an exotic dish. Perhaps my dumber brothers cannot tell, but to me, it smells false and drew me straight to you. But now, oh, that smell. Now I smell you. I want to bathe in this false stink so I can... Oh, that is so... What, what are you? Man or beast? The man was a beast before me, my dish. Fear is the only thing that excites me now. Other than meat. Feeling your body change. Smelling your revulsion and your terror is like Christmas dinner. I am called Brother Archer. I will call you Christmas Meat. I just want to understand you. How fascinating! I just want to eat you! I'm that simple a being. If that was all, you would have indulged yourself like your British brothers. What do you want? My belly is full. Had I known living meat was in my pantry, I would not have settled for the anemic chicks we keep to feed on. Tiny chicken wings without flavor. Cold and raw. Tasteless. You keep people here? I want to wake them up. Shake some flavor into them. But, of course we keep cans in the pantry. Flesh in the freezer. Blood. Back. I am armed. Your heart pounds and your chest rises and falls. A boiling stew of flesh and blood. You will not make it out of here alive. Your pistol makes big bang bang and all the pretty deadlings will come to see delicious Christmas meat. Would you rather they come tear a share of breast and thigh from you? Slap up your giblets and, and gobble your gizzard? 
Or would you like to see our kitchen? Your kitchen? The lab, my sweet Christmas goose. I don't wish to sour your meat. If you go, I won't let you be harmed. If you do not go, I will be very sad to let such a feast spoil. Perhaps you'll end up like me and share your secrets. Perhaps not, and I can send you out to the fences like a good little guard dog. You may take all the time you like to decide. I love how the sweat trickles down your neck. How the veins throb and your eyes water. Dark and juicy you are, my feast. Dark and tasty. Take me to your lab, Brother Archer. I would be honored to see your work. Delivered to us like Friday pizza night. Sleepy time, chicks. What were you before you were infected? Asleep, like them. Unaware of so much. Bound by bad ideas. Afraid of a world I didn't understand. But you understand it now. What were the bad ideas? Seems silly-nilly, Tasty Cake. You are a good brain. What might be nice is if I carve up your plumpest parts, slice them into steaks, sew up the stumps, and bring you over so you can see what we see. So much to show. We were limited, trapped inside the meat. Soon, someday, somehow... Maybe with your brainy brain, we don't have to die. Maybe live together? Time share the body? I wonder if I had this much passion for other things in life. I never been this hungry. I see. You do? I wonder. You recognize this place, you do? Yes, the other research facilities look like this. Yes, computation machines. Typey, typey on them. Think important thinks and poke the dead with sticks and needles. I came down looking for a snack. You're... You're looking in the testing tasting rooms. I taste... Dread. That's a new flavor. I like it. What do you dread, paste-tasty one? What's in there? I see shapes. You know what's in there. Would you like me to turn the lights on them? No. Let me show you them. Oh no, there are so many. We keep the whole children in this one. They're sleeping with Jesus in there. Music and sleep. Blood is frozen, not fresh. Flesh is tough, not tender. And the ones we've snacked on are kept in the leftover fridge. Uh, how many of them do you have in there? All of them. You might have guessed. She dropped a recorder. The case popped open and the battery popped out. What happened? Who knocked? That's just what the creepy weirdo wanted to know.
What's this? Who knocked? I don't know. I'm not expecting company. Who is it? Candy Graham. What? Um, telegram. What's a telegram? Um, flowers? What is this tomfooleriness? Stay down, freak show. Kenneth. Oh, hi. What are you doing here? Oh, just taking the tour. Uh, you know, the rates in this place are so reasonable in the off-season. What the hell do you think? You could have waited. Why did you come here? I could do this alone. You should be helping to move those people off the mountain. <coughs> is that so? Is Leatherface here helping you with that? Hold that thought. <coughs> Watch my bag there, Barbara. Okay, Fluffy, into the research tub with you. What are you doing? I'm putting him into the testing chamber. I have some questions. I saw pods like this in the Slim Shimmer labs, but not as swanky as these. I bet they could keep a whole bunch of eaters. Hey there, Sunbeam. How's your head? Can you hear me? Why did you do that? I only want to give you software kisses. Kenneth Peters. Oh, you know who I am. Good. That'll save us time. Where's Gourmand and the other fucks who are like you? Gourmand. Gourmand is here. What? I think I would have noticed his fat gray ass. What do you mean? He is in me. He is in all of us now, Kenneth Peters. When you left, we grew so hungry. Hungry for knowledge and wisdom. Shepard Cormont did not want to share, so we took it from him. Oh, so you ate him. Nice. Well, that's one less limbless job in the hut I gotta burn. <laughs> You're welcome. He now lives in all of us. All? How many of you make an all? All of us do. I set myself up for that. You know, I was disappointed I didn't get to play with all these shiny science knobs. I like science knobs. How many of you had dinner with Gourmand? Do you know what we keep in the holding area behind these cells? The dead, not deads. Mr. Peters? Ken? Ken, what's wrong? Uh, don't turn off the recorder, okay? Just keep rolling. Uh, like I said, there, there are times when your brain just breaks. Hang, hang with me a minute, okay? In, in those research testing rooms, you could set the climate to Arctic or to humid tropical or dry desert. They were designed to see how eaters responded, or didn't respond, in different environments. At the central location, captured eaters were spiked on meat hooks attached to a conveyor, which delivered a test subject to the little room through a sliding door. When the spike retracted and the thing dropped to the floor, the door sealed behind it. Tests were done and experiments carried out, or whatnot. When the eater was used up, a single electric shock to the brain dropped it, and the floor opened up. Bye-bye, eater. And 
This is where the brothers were storing the children? Ken? To keep the stink down, the holding pen in the back was kept pretty cold. The Brotherhood made some modifications. Those kids I delivered, they were the ones on the spikes. Drained of just enough blood. Which, what you heard on the tape there, you have to understand it. Take your time, Ken. I, I am, goddammit. The site tested living people, too. It's not like the Brotherhood had the, the market on atrocities. Even before I drove that goddamn truck up there and handed those kids over. People like Joe and Loving, Mifflin, Montcastle, they gathered up all the little throwaways they could find. All the lost little boys and girls still in shock over losing mommy and daddy to the monsters. They took them in. <laughs> Promised them they'd be all right. And then they decided which ones could be educated to be good brothers and which ones got a needle in one arm with the infection and some horrible random cure into the other. There was no shortage of eaters to test, but they were so goddamned hell-bent on finding a cure. <sighs> sure, guys like Ying found fresh young men and women, druggies and crazies, to shoot full of shit. But they focused on kids. After Savini changed the game and Shepard Gourmand took over, nothing changed except they decided which little boys and girls got turned into monsters and which ones got turned into food. Instead of undead subjects swinging on a hook, waiting their turn in the box, the Brotherhood kept their meat on ice, brain dead. And the pieces left over after they started cutting them went into the next room over. Limbs removed with the bloody tools scattered around the lab. They cut pieces off of them so they wouldn't infect the entire body before they could gut them. It just occurred to me that giving the test subject a microphone is not a good idea. Unless you're testing on the living. You're not saying... If you're going to stay here, stop standing around and help me with this work. What are you doing? Don't you understand that any serious research being done to stop the dead is kept here in this central server? All of us out there, Dr. Vesta, Dr. Hawkins, Dr. Hansom, everyone else, all their work is collected here. And it was crap. You told me that Hawkins was working with furniture polish and cholera. That's just the grasping at straws. All those tests dating back to the start of the epidemic, all the research conducted by the governments of the world, the United Nations, all those agencies and mines. It's all here with a blueprint of the plan to stop things. What plan? 
the plan that ended when the brotherhood took over this facility and started listening to Savini and then the shepherds, Gourmand, those other subjects, the ones that could talk. If you don't want to help me, then get out of here. But I could use help getting out when I'm finished. But I'm not leaving until that time. Well, I came all this way to get you. And I'm just stupid enough to think you know what you're doing. We don't got a lot of time, kiddo. I think half the eaters in this place followed me into the tunnels. We can get out the other side. If you drew them down the eastern stairs, the western stairs should be accessible. Yeah, I hope. I found the last repository. Go to the terminal, switch on the monitor and tell me what you see. Okay, okay. It should be on a test response screen. Cancel out of whatever you're in and double-click the white shield icon marked UNMDDL. Okay, uh, it's opening. File folders. Uh, give me a second. Fine. I'm offloading what I can from the mainframe. I have everything that all the remote sites were working on, with dates going back a year. I have two main folders going back two years. That must be the research done here. How big are the files? No idea. But this is a lot of... Wait. Here's a folder marked outgoing. Where does it go? Until I figure out how to open it, I... I... I'm going to say out. Let, let's see. Double, double click the folder. They tripped the first file. You think? Okay. Forget it. Keep working. Clicking upload. Uh, sat link options. Oh, crap. Numbers. My arch nemesis. We meet again. I'm copying the manifests, inventories, and complements to my jump drive along with whatever else will fit. We can go through it all later. Great. McGinnis! Aye. I've got about 50,000 pages of awesome reading for Dr. Vesta. But I need access to your library in space. That, you know, that cloud thing. I'll give it to Dr. Vesta. I'll take it. Crap! What? It's in Arabic. What? I open the outgoing folder and everything is in pretty calligraphy. Subfolders, too. Can anyone there read Arabic? Arabic. All the outgoing files. Hell, I'm I, I'm just gonna upload them. I, I need your access digits. Uh, parity, password. And quick, because I'm down to one tripwire and a steel door before the locals get to us. I'm at the local research console. I can fish it out of here if you give me the password. Barbara, what's the password? Busy. I've keyed the mic. Just shout it. Download sequence one, code 1-1A. You get that? Understood. Password accepted. I need you to hold your position for... 20 minutes? That's not right. 20 minutes? Unless the Eater's got a union break coming up, that's not happening. Sorry. Five minutes. Variable connection speed. 15 minutes. I'll give you a phone number in a moment. Wait. Files. Yeah. Every other Happy Valley militia site with a research lab uploaded its work here. This, this could be massive, Kenneth. I'm going to cue them to upload as well. Hold out as long as you can. Why? I don't need to crank the computer. It's doing fine on its own, which is more than I can say for us in the next few minutes. With the amount of data and inconsistent connection speed, I may need 
you to reset the connection. I'm sorry, but think of all the lives that we sacrificed to bring us. Yeah, yeah, the goddamn Death Star plans. <sighs> Barbara, you don't need to stay here. Yes, I do. Don't be a hero. I'm not. I have no more bullets, and you need the bag of medical supplies I gathered up. That's a big bag. Dr. Vesta, I don't know how long it'll be before we got a jet. The outgoing files are the ones in Arabic. I see them, but that's not Arabic. I don't know what it is. What do you mean? That explains why the password was so cheap. They have to encrypt the research in a scripted, probably a dead language, like a Sumerian or Hibernian. Well, do you know any dead languages like uh, Sumerian or, or, or Hibernian? I don't know this one. Welcome to the conversation ten seconds ago, McInnes. We know what it's not. How many are out there, Barbara? I'd have to open the door to count, so let us assume about a million and work in haste to escape. Smart thinking. Doc, how long? 87%. I think we're good. Get out of there. Okay. Barbara. Logging out. But... Archer and the others back there in the holding cell. We can take them. They're all but dead. I know. This button here. Look at it. Does it do what I think it does? Yes. All sites have it. It will... Lab purification in progress. Ten seconds into purification. Lockdown in progress. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. for a fact that the eaters managed to open the door before the lockdown was complete. I don't know how many eaters were taken out by the blast in the catacombs or how many were in the tunnels coming after us. I don't know how many of the phase four thinking running eaters were still alive back there. I just knew we had to go. While we were waiting for the little red status bar to fill up completely, I was studying the map trying very hard to memorize a direct route to the truck and even a backup route in case of trouble. We hit the back door, prayed that the eaters hadn't doubled back and blocked the other tunnel out, and ran for it. At one point, I was sure we were lost. We went down more stairs than I remember climbing. We made turns I didn't remember, and I lost Barbara for a minute in the dark. Behind us, I could hear the eaters. I never knew how far back they were from us because the narrow stone tunnels carried their moans and groans so well. I thought they were all around us, reaching out from just beyond the next turn or connecting tunnel. Finally, just when I thought we were heading back to the laboratory in certain dismemberment, I caught sight of a utility sign pointing the way up to the delivery entrance. Safety. Well, no. It was on the other side of the complex from the mountain tunnels. The good news was that I found myself where I'd first dropped off my cargo, and my truck was still parked where I'd left it. So, it was safety. 
Aside from the lingering doubt about the truck having enough gasoline to get away, and if the door was unlocked, and if the keys were still in it, and if it wasn't surrounded by hungry cannibals, or brothers, or panthers, anything could have gone wrong. But apparently didn't. Barbara and I stayed together for a little while after that. It was a long, cold winter. But we weren't lonely. We even hooked up with a few other strays. Some good, some not so. But after a while, we both decided that it was nice to have a warm body to get through a winter night. It wasn't so great to have to worry so much about one person in a group of survivors. Early in the spring, we were somewhere near Cedar Creek State Park and ran into some refugees who had come north from Arkansas to escape the great herd. Barb learned that two of the men had been treated by a a Dr. Van Hawkins in Center County, and he was headed west along the interstate. He said something about relocation station number 2210. Barbara was hell-bent to stop him from getting there. Relocation? That's Wishwell, Pennsylvania. That's the reason I agreed to talk to you at all, Mark. What Barbara did with her information, what happened to her in that piece of missing history, is the story you need to tell. What happened in those places? Dover, Castle Rock, Peabody, particularly Wishwell, are all in this ancient thumb drive. What else is on it? All the data I uploaded to Dr. Vesta, and all the data on Barbara's notebook. If you use it, you'll see that the outbreak in Denver wasn't as unlikely as you think. But be careful, kiddo. The Brotherhood won't like to answer the questions this will raise. I'll need to review it, and I'm sure I'll have questions. I won't be here to answer them, kid. My system is shutting down. I asked my dear nurse to hold off upping my pain meds until I could get to this part. The rest is up to you, Mark. Once we're done here, I'm going to take a little boat ride to see how they live in the Hades. You're afraid of the Brotherhood? No. I'm not afraid of nothing anymore. I'm surrounded by ghosts, boy. Silent. Patient. But waiting. They feel like if I tell their story, they can go away. Maybe if I don't, I'll come off this table just like them. How about you? What? Want to see a ghost? 
<coughs> Mr. Peter, I'm here. Dr. Prestash is on his way. Let's get you into bed. No! <coughs> I will not die in bed. You know, that's not what I want. Mr. Shearer, you'll need to step outside. No! Mark, stay! <coughs> Please, don't let these fuckers put me on out of my back. Go, Mr. Shearer. No. No! Where's Ken's wife? She's... Mr. Peters, you need to work with me. You're going to pull out your IV. Let me... Settle down, Ken. I'm not going to let you die on your back. You need to let her treat you. Treat me? She's going to kill me. She's going to take away the pain. Liar! I'll have to sedate him before he hurts himself. I'll need you to help me. Wait. Give me a second, please. You're not qualified. Mr. Peters, listen to me for one minute, please. You don't want this. Listen to me. Something you need to know. You need to know something, Mr. Peters. What? Listen to me. Come close. <coughs> no. No, you're not! I am. Second generation. My mother was named Diane. I was born in an amusement park. That's what somebody told me a few years later. Who? Who told you? Oh, what the hell? My first crib was a bumper car. My first lullaby was in Russian. How are you feeling? R re really? You should be feeling pretty good soon, Mr. Peters. I don't remember them very well. And honestly, I remember them more in my dreams. But I do remember them. I remember the years after. I remember Joe better after the Battle of Wishwell. She was different. She seemed very sad and somehow lost. And I know most people were like that, but in her, it just, it seemed like her spirit was missing. She worked with a lot of us, stayed with the kids until little clusters of humanity started coming back. She made sure I got to a good family. The Shearers of Plymouth. I caught her once, staring up at the stars in the middle of the night. I was, I don't know, six. I thought she was praying. But then I realized she was reciting a poem. And speaking to someone beyond the stars. I never knew who. But she was crying. Looking for someone who wasn't there. Where'er he be. On water or on land, under pale suns, are climes that flames unfold. One of Christ's own, or of Scythera's band, shadowy beggar, or Croesus rich with gold. Citizen, peasant, student, tramp. Whate'er his little brain may be, alive or dead, 
Man knows the fear of mystery everywhere and peeps with trembling glances overhead. The heaven above, a strangling cavern wall, the lighted ceiling of a music hall where every actor treads a bloody soil. The hermit's hope, the terror of the sot, the sky, the black lid of the mighty pot where the vast human generations boil. I learned that one, just like you asked, darling. (laughs) I even think I finally understand it. How are you feeling, Mr. Peters? Like you just injected me with liquid Pink Floyd. Hey, listen. I said some mean things to you over the last... last whatever. It's all right, Mr. Peters. I understand. I wasn't talking to you, Nurse Pokestick. I'm talking to my guest. Mr. Shearer is not here. The interview is over. Not him. Her. Who? Oh, of course, Mr. Peters. If you see someone sitting there, then let me go fetch something for the two of you to drink. Do you remember that day? The evening sun blazing through the coming storm clouds like it didn't want to set and was going to burn the sky trying to stay. You said it was like hell boiling up over the horizon. God was dead and the devil was coming. (laughs) Very Russian. Sometimes, Joe, I think you'd judge a rose only by the sharpness of its thorns. Try to relax, Mr. Peters. Let the medicine work. All these years and you still look the same. Did you meet Mark Scherer? He's telling our story. I've only said nice things about you. You are of many layers. I know. I know. People talk about us like we talk about Lewis and Clark or or like we went to the moon. Isn't that funny? (laughs) So, what is it? You only come to see me when there's bad news, Joe. Oh, darling. That is just a matter of perspective. I don't see darkness. I see you. You're there. McGinnis is there. Barbara, Grant, Sarge, Toto, Bilbo, Frodo. Oh, not yet. There's still much to tell and do. Many souls remain adrift. They sink and spend eternity reaching for what they were afraid to take. Their fingers slide along the bottom of my boat. They reach forever. And I need only reach your far shore. Up, Kenneth. Kenneth, wake up, please. Hey, Joe. 
I just had the weirdest dream about growing old and dying in a smelly old bed. Oh, to die old and in bed, if only. <laughs> the weird part is that I was being interviewed or something. Ah, uh, uh, I can't remember. I hate that. How long was I out? Eighteen hours. I brought you water. You must be thirsty. Oh, thank you. Did Sarge get everyone to Slim Shimmers? She is almost there. Once we're back on the road, she says we'll have a clear drive vest. Yeah, sure. How are you holding up? Rarely better. This is a good day. Oh, it's noon. Time to check in with the team. Wave Barbara off the roof. We'll shove off after the meeting. Good morning, Slim Shimmer. Kenny, me boy, glad to hear you're coming back to us. We were just talking about you. Oh, I'm just coming back to drop off the crazy Russian lady and those supplies we picked up in Sykesville. Grant was about to tell us something he discovered about the files he uploaded. Go ahead, Grant. Hey, everybody. I took a look at the outgoing files. The language. I know. Until we figure out what it is, they aren't useful to us. It's Elvish. What? The ancient language of elves in Middle-earth. I don't know what dialect yet, but it's a derivative of Quenya. How the bloody hell do you know that? Because I'm awesome. Elves? What the bloody hell are you on about? Makes perfect sense. The way you guys described the script, I thought it might be Klingon. But it's definitely a special Quenyan language. It's not just a cute font they use, but it's coded that way. Did you guys get the encryption key for this? Hang on. You're seriously telling me there's an elf language? Many, in fact. But the one thing keeping us from a possible cure or end our global crisis is J.R.R. Bloody Tolkien? It is. But without the key, it has to be translated manually. You speak elf? He asks, expecting a very strange answer. I don't speak it, but I can translate it. There are 57,232 pages of research here, much of which is probably advanced scientific language, not to mention the maths that were likely translated as well. Well, then I'll have something to keep me busy over the winter months, huh? What are you doing? We have a long way to go, and there is time ahead for thought. Cold. It looks like snow. Guess we can share the cab on the drive. How about some dark side of the moon? It's going to be a long haul back to Slim Shimmers. Our beginning has ended. What are you thinking, Kenneth? Hmm. Wondering if anybody's ever going to remember what we did here. If it's worth it. It's better than digging your own grave, and better than dying on your back. Maybe. Let's get these supplies back and have a beer. Or nine. What do you say, Barbara? Fine by me. Joe? Let's head west.
Episode 13 starred James Baxter as Ken, Brian Lincoln as Mark, and Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Joe, featuring Julie Hoverson as Balamani Sarasvatsi, Ayub Cody as McInnes, Michael L. Stokes as Grant, Laura Nicole as Shiva Vesta, Eric Avedisian as Archer, and May Sally Rogue Pax as the nurse. The episode was written by Jay Smith. Show running and editing by Brian Lincoln. Sound effects, sound design, mixing, and mastering by Michael L. Stokes. Musical direction by Michael L. Stokes. Featuring original music by Michael L. Stokes and Kevin McLeod. HG World is a production of 3015 North Studios. Under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. For more information, visit www.goodmorningsurvivors.com.